another edition of the CJ McCollum Show. As you can see behind me, I am in California. I am in San Francisco, California. I guess this is technically um, Oakland-ish. Um, we were supposed and, to figure that out from that picture behind you. It's You can't see it, but it says California Berkeley, but you can't see. Okay, there we go. Oh, see the Berkeley, right? There. Okay. But yes, it's Thank Monday. You. It's a beautiful day today. I have my Jacoby shirt on because my son's birthday is January 10th. Shout out to Chef Joy for getting me this. And we're playing well outside of two bad losses, right? We've had, well, we've had like three, four bad losses. Houston, Memphis, Memphis, Lakers, uh, in season tournament, Clippers at home. But we had a great win against the Sacramento Kings. Um, great win. Which is always nice. You guys were up by 50 at we one were. point. Like, when when you figured, when did you realize, like, in the moment when you scored the 50, or you just, like, looked up at the scoreboard? Well, I, I count with my fingers still. Um, what? So they called a timeout, and. <laughs> what does that like, mean? You count so with your fingers? It was like, it was like 57 to, like. Oh, you mean doing the 94. math? 94. I'm like, okay. 67, 87, 97, like that. Yes. And I'm like, all right, 98, 99, 100. Oh, we have 38. <laughs> like, I was counting. Like, Is that that 90s, math. early 2000s, uh, you know, yeah. elementary you school? Like, That's me, fingers, too. Like, and my teammates are like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm trying to see how much we're up by. But you just kind of felt the momentum in the game. We were rolling. That was probably our most complete game on both sides of the ball, um, offensively, defensively, transition. We rebounded. We had 19 assists at halftime. We were flowing. We had some beautiful plays that I can't wait to watch on film. They're going to clip them and just show us the ball movement, the rotations, you know, helping the helper. Um, it was a master class on, on execution. I know our coaches were proud and our staff was proud because we didn't really respond well after that three games and four nights against the Clippers. We didn't execute after the first, you know, eight, eight to 10 minutes. And it was a letdown for us, a game we, we should have competed better in, but we didn't allow that to affect us going into a, a big road trip for us against a lot of good teams. And I'm glad we were able to start off with a victory where everybody played well and the coaches coached a, an incredible game plan. Yeah. And you've, you've beaten the Kings four times. Um, Right. I guess so. I, I was oh, yeah, I wasn't yeah. aware, but I think we yeah we did what we needed to do. Um, and to and, start and post a road game, trip. you had an interesting post game. You said that <laughs> he said that it felt good to beat the Kings. Like that, that it's, a, it's a personal. Is it personal between you and Sacramento? Not, like I didn't really not, know this. It's not personal at all. They asked me a question. They said historically you've played really well against the Kings. Like what is. What is it? And I said, there's nothing really there anymore because I'm older. And this was omitted from the conversation. I said, if you want to go back to like when I first got into the league, the Kings were supposed to draft me. They had the seventh pick. They had me come back for a second workout. and They didn't draft me. So that's where like when I was younger, like I would be like, all right, I got to really play well against this team. You know what I'm saying? They were supposed to draft me. They had me jump back into the pre-draft process. And for those that have been through it, mine wasn't that bad. I only worked out for like nine teams. But once your pre-draft process is over, mentally you kind of shut down and you take a break. And I was in LA at my agent's house. I had my, my Uggs on. I'm by the pool chilling every day. And my agent's like, you got to go back to Sacramento. And I'm like, I thought we were done. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm an East Coast kid. I'm from the Midwest. I'm ready to go back. And I got to fly to California. But it worked out. There's no ill will or animosity, but they asked me like historically, like why I've played well against the Kings. And I would say 
it stems from that, like from the past. Okay. But like I'm 32, that was a long time. I ago. don't know, but whatever, whatever. Like not to steal or cheat off someone else's paper, but historically, they say the numbers say that it's personal <laughs> because you always play well. Let's just leave it at that. Um, it is what it is. It is. What it, it is what it is. So great big win up next. Um, the Warriors. On uh, ABC, meanwhile, but by the mm-hmm. way, ABC primetime game during the week. Um, I'll be on the sidelines with um, Breen, Doc, and Doris. But let's before we get into that matchup, we got to talk about the big news uh, on this Monday, the eighth, that we're recording this podcast. Um, Draymond Green in his podcast on Volume Sports um, talked just about you know, his desire to walk away from the NBA. Um, we're, we're seeing some some quotes from the, the podcast. There's some clips that have gone live already. Um, but basically, the biggest thing in the podcast is that he told Adam Silver, um, quote, I told him, Adam, this is too much for me. This is too much. It's all beginning to uh, becoming too much for me. And I'm going to retire. And Adam said, you're making a very rash decision, and I won't let you do that. And he said, we had a very long, great conversation, very helpful to me, very thankful to play in the league with a commissioner like Adam, who, um, who's more about helping you than hurting you, helping you than punishing you. He's more about the players. So, um, you know, he's on the cusp of returning, uh, f- you know, from a suspension that's like now at 14 games. I don't think he's going to play against you guys, but you know, your, your reaction to that kind of, um, mission. Well, I think he's just being honest and and open about his feelings, the emotions that he kind of went through during this process and, um, sharing, you know, what a lot of people already know is that Adam is a very good commissioner. You know, one of the best, if not the best in the business, Uh, he does care about the players. He cares about our league. Um, and he's very genuine. And I think that's kind of been demonstrated throughout his actions um, historically. And I think for Draymond, this is just him being vulnerable and and really just speaking to what he kind of went through um, during his process of kind of figuring out why some of these things have happened to him historically, why he's done some of these things, you know, on the court, how that's impacted himself, his family, the Warriors, and obviously his paycheck. And how he's going to kind of move forward. And I think based on everything that, you know, has been said and everything that I've heard, you know, as the president of the PA is that he's been great in terms of cooperating and having conversations and getting the things that he needed. And it's not to say that like Draymond needed help. I think he's, he's done some things that are inappropriate and unacceptable in the basketball setting. And he knows that. And now he's trying to figure out where that stems from, whether that's anger, whether that's things that are going on in his life, personal, whatever. We all got our own, you know, things that we deal with. Um, and I can speak to stuff that I've dealt with personally that have affected how I play, affected how I perform. And I think for all of us, it's just about looking yourself in the mirror and figuring out how to become your best self. And hopefully it doesn't take those types of situations for us to kind of get help or get counseling or to seek advice on how to handle certain things that we may be dealing with. And then the other side of it is that this is a a genuinely like good dude. Like I've known him for a long time and how he behaves on the court is now he behaves off the court. Like he's very calm. He's laid back. He's funny. He likes his wine. Just like I like my wine. And um, on all accounts, he's a a good husband and a a really, really good father. Um, So I think for him, it's about moving forward. 
taking advantage of his talents, right? Being able to contribute towards winning a, a championship or championships that they've won historically and being able to maximize the gifts that God has given him. So I think it's about moving forward and hopefully he continues to move forward and doesn't have any um, setbacks um, during his return. And I'm sure he'll be back soon, um, depending on how his ramp goes. And the Warriors definitely need him based on how they performed uh, lately. And he's the he's the engine that kind of makes them go. And he's the vocal leader. Do you think he still uh, is? Leader. Do you think he still can help this team win? Because let yeah. me just, let me preface it this way. You know, Steve Kerr had that conversation with Clay with Clay Thompson earlier this year, just about mm-hmm. like the next phase of his career and trying to ride that wave um, with a little more grace. And I wonder if, you know, some of the the frustrations we've seen Draymond play, play with this year that have kind of, um, presented themselves and the actions that have caused his suspension. I wonder if that's kind of like him struggling with um, his like NBA mortality, if you will. Um, Do you think he can still contribute and be the heart and soul of a championship team? Yeah, absolutely. I think he just has to be available. And I think to your question with the way you wrote it at the end, I think he can contribute to any team. Whether or not they're going to win a championship is a whole nother conversation because they need other things to go well. They need health. Uh, they need to, to be able to defend at a high level. A lot of stuff has to go your way. And in the West, as well as the East, you can't dig yourself into big holes and get out of them. Like the conference will run away from you, as we've seen historically with, you know, some of these top teams in the West and with them being, I think, two games under 500 right now, um, time is of the essence. But I think based on his talent, his leadership, his ability to defend multiple positions, the way he communicates, obviously how important he is to their offense from a screen setting standpoint to uh, initiating the offense to Steph's numbers. Steph is a much better player with Draymond because Draymond looks for him. Draymond initiates the offense. He makes things easier. Not that Steph can't go get it by himself. He can. But when you've played a- alongside someone for so long, there's this this level of trust that you have, this level of understanding on where they like the ball, how to get them the ball. And uh, without your uh, orchestra leader, right? Like it's, it's difficult. And I think they're seeing that uh, right now. And then they have a lot of young talent who's stepping into roles and playing well. Um, Pod, what's the kid's name? Pazinski. Yeah. Pajemski. Right? Pajemski. Pajemski. Yeah. He's, he's good. Um, he needs more minutes, right? We've seen, you know, Kaminga needs more minutes. Moody, like those guys deserve to play. So I think, although it's unfortunate that Draymond went through this, it gave them time to get more minutes and for Kerr to kind of experiment with lineups so that when they are fully healthy, which won't be for another four to six weeks because CP's out, um, you'll really be able to see what the Warriors look like. But in terms of a championship, I think right now they're just trying to stack good days. They're just trying to get healthy and um, really just string together some consistency. But they have championship DNA, that's for sure. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. 
with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. I mean, look, they, they, they've had 13 different starting lineups. You know, Kerr started the last game. Wiggins, Kaminga with Steph Clay and Trace Jackson Davis is another young guy um, who has had spurts of uh, promise this year. But that group was, you know, uh, minus 12 in six minutes together. So, they're, I mean, they're really, they're really like grasping at straws, if that's the uh, phrase. Their defense was, um, they just got tore up by uh, R.J. Barrett and, um, Manual quickly the new the new Raptors um, while Draymond was looking on. So I, I mean, like you you say that they have the championship DNA and look Steph Steph is still Steph. Um, so you can't deny that like he's he's still playing at a high level. But this I mean this team does feel a little disjointed, um, understandably so. And then on top of that, um, you know they suffered another injury with Chris Paul. Um, you know, he'll have surgery next week to repair um, a fracture in his left hand. He's supposed to be out four to six weeks after the operation, and he's 38 years old. Um, they say that, like, if the timeline kind of sticks to what they're expecting, that he'd return, you know, the week before All-Star weekend, um, which is also around the trade deadline. Um and he has that expiring contract. What, I mean, what do you think of Chris Paul's um, injury and him not, you know, being with the Warriors as they're kind of scrambling and what his future looks like? I mean, I think anything is possible. But CP can obviously still play at a high level. He can run an offense. He's been much more dynamic with a good roller, with a rim roller, a rim finisher. Um, I think they're the rookie that they have over there has paired well with him. He's played well with Sarge. And I think he started some games, and I think he's shooting 50% from three as a starter. So settling in when he's played more minutes, when he's gotten consistent minutes with the starters or the starting group, he's played particularly better, which makes sense. You play with the best players, you're going to play better. But I think for them, they just got some things to figure out, um, which direction they're going to head in terms of rotations, in terms of playing time for certain guys, in terms of... Um, like you said before, figuring out what the goals and objectives are going forward. You have the young Warriors, you have the right. older Warriors, the older Stakesmen, and what direction do you want to head into? Understanding that you have Steph, who's still close to the peak of his powers, right, in terms of being able to dominate a game, still in, you could call it the backside of his prime, but still his prime because he's still effective, efficient, and he can um, still can mess you up. 50. He can still yes. go off for 50 at any point. Yeah. So it's like you're in that spot where it's like, what do you do and how much do you play the young guys? Right. And then do you do you think about the alternative? And I think 
Well, that's you know, the thing. That's the thing with Steph. And that's the thing with like the pressure of having a guy like Steph, the pressure of having a guy like LeBron who could still, you know, dominate games is like, all right, we're, we still have that super, superstar. We need to cater to that guy. And, and, you know, and sometimes it could be not for the best interest as the team as a whole. I, you know, I, I'm not a GM, but that that's, you know, my, um, my take on some, some of these situations involving uh, star players like that. I mean, you've, you've brought it up a couple times about the young guys. What did you think about the leak, AKA the direct source from Jonathan Kaminga saying, you know, when he got benched um, last week that like it was the last straw for him. Um, And then, you know, Steve Kerr responded in my 15 years in the NBA, I was never happy with my playing time. Um, and then, you know, Kaminga got some more playing time. Um, he led the team in minutes the next night. Yes. And then, you know, after the game said, I love it here. I feel like when you look at all the ups and downs, that will confuse people. He, he said, you know, I, I know Steve Kerr believes in me, yada, yada, yada. Um, but, you know, even Steph Curry kind of weighed in on it. On just he didn't condemn Kaminga for the media leak, but like, as the leader of the team said, it should have played out differently. Um, I'm just trying to, you know, this has been an everyday occurrence for um, yeah. like something new is coming out on it every day. So I'm just trying to catch everybody up. But what did, what did you think? Of, what do you think of like the young guys who have talent? We know Kaminga has talent. That's why there's attention on him and, you know, Warriors mm. fans clamoring for him to get more playing time. Um what do you think of, you know, him kind of leaking that he needs more playing time and how it kind of reflects on the uh, locker room there in, in Golden State? I think I understand. I've been a young player before in the league who wanted playing time, wasn't getting it. And you have to figure out how to deal with those feelings. And I think it's always good to address it head on, you know, speaking to the staff, speaking to the organization, the front office, and just kind of expressing your feelings and figuring out how you can improve and get what you want. Um, and hopefully what you want is also what's best for the team. And I think him being on the floor is definitely uh, what's best for that team. They just have to figure out the rotations. And I think things could always be handled better. And you hope that things don't become public because then it takes attention off of your team. It takes attention off of the success that you may be having. And you never know how things are going to be portrayed once it hits the media. You can mean something one way, say it the wrong way. And now it's, it's, it's kind of spiraling. So I understand Steph's um sentiment therein like I get it but like let's we already got enough problems basically like let's kind of let's not make this another problem that we have to deal with as an organization and as a team and I think it's a learning lesson for everybody like as a younger player in the league you want to play you work hard especially when you've proven that you can play at that level you really want to be out there you really feel like you're deserving and you feel like you've waited your turn right like you like I already waited my turn like I've been waiting like I've been not playing for stretches I've been not getting I've been getting DMPs and now I don't want to go back to that life. Like that life was not fun for me. So I think I, I understand where he's coming from, but it's just about, it's about learning. And I think it's always best as a, as a player who's been in the league for a little while now is to have those conversations with the staff, just be honest with them, upfront with them. And they'll be upfront and honest with you too. And then you have that mutual respect of, okay, if I want these things, I have to do these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's, I mean, in any job, like you want to just be able to have a conversation, like, you know, if you're not being, picked for a promotion or if you're not, um, you know, kind of getting certain opportunities, you would at the very least wish your 
boss or manager would kind of give you an understanding as to why uh, or why not. Because um, when you just are left to your own thoughts, that's when you kind of dig yourself into a um, a hole. <laughs> you know, I, like, yeah. I, I mean, I guess personally speaking, it's just we all kind of professionally deal with that because how else are you supposed to measure, um, you know, like your advancement or how you're improving. Um, I mean, I think maybe it's a little bit easier, uh, in your job because you can sometimes look at stats and playing time. But I think when you're not playing and you're wanting to get the opportunity, it's hard. Um, it's hard to kind of measure like, you know, how, how good you're doing. Um, and to your point, you know, Steve Kerr did pull him aside after that so-called leak and Kaminga said that the conversation went really well. You know, we'll see. There's like with with kind of Chris out and Draymond being worked back into the mix, like, you know, Kerr's gonna have to jumble up the the um you know, the the lineup again. I don't think that um, like I said, Draymond's gonna be playing against you guys. Um and we've talked just about how good Steph Curry is and how he can go off um at any point. You guys have been playing really great defense. Um you know, especially, you know, you, I don't know it, whether or not Zion's going to play, but when Zion and B.I. are playing on both sides of the ball, like everyone picks it up. I mean, we saw, um, you know, kind of uh, Larry Nance make that that comment when your best players are playing defense, what reason do the rest of us have for getting beat? But, you know, I know you guys uh, are going to have practice probably tomorrow, but what what like can you like bring us into as much as you can? into like the game plan defensively against this team? Do you change anything on how you play defense against, you know, an explosive guy like Steph Curry? I think you always have to be aware of your personnel and you want to stick to what you do, right? Historically, when you try to change too much, that's when things go wrong. So whatever you're good at, you want to continue to do that while making subtle adjustments and understanding that like Steph is a really good shooter. Right. So you have to be cognizant of, you know, where you're at on picking rolls. You know, they run a lot of split post action where they throw it into the post and they set back screens, flare screens, um, pin downs. How do you want to do the pin downs? You want to chase over top on shooters, most likely. Right. You shoot the gap on non shooters. You got to be careful with your switching because they live for you switching out. And then there's a slip and a dunk for Wiggins or somebody like that or Kaminga. So I think it's just knowing your personnel, understanding that. Uh, you have to be able to stick to a lot of what you do and what you're good at while being prepared to make adjustments on the fly. But a guy like Steph, you have to adjust your game plan for him and kind of figure out how to manage his success for the evening, right? Like he's mm-hmm. going to score. What type of shots is he getting? Are they off the dribble? Are they catching shoot? Are you making them play in the yard, which is, you know, we call it, you know, playing in the yard, which is not behind the three-point line, but not in the paint. You want him playing in that like mid-range area. You want him operating there because if he's getting into the paint, not only can he finish well, but he can kick out and sprint back out for threes. And if he's shooting threes, chances are they're going in because that's what he does. So you want to make him shoot middies and kind of play in that, in that area. And the greatest players in the world are going to get what they want. It's just about making it more difficult for them to get what they want. No doubt. Um all right, I mean, I'm going to change up the run now a little bit and hit, hit hit everybody with the Pelican brief in the middle of our, our show because you guys have just been playing really well. And um, since we're just talking about your game plan heading into this this Warriors game, I mean, you guys um, have won six straight on the road, five of your last six. Um, uh, like, 
eleven four since you know um, aforementioned um, in season tournament game, which you you know bad loss whatever. Um, and how do you feel just about like the vibe of this this team, the improvement um, specifically over the last couple of weeks, and as you're nearing the halfway point? I think two things, right? I think we've learned a lot about ourselves. We've grown a lot. We face some adversity with injuries. We face some adversity with some tough losses, some lack of execution down the stretch of games, um, losing games that we probably should have won, winning some games that we probably should have lost based on scheduled timing, back-to-backs, things of that nature. But I think all in all, if you would have told us that we'd be where we're at today uh, and guys would have missed that many games, I would have missed 12 or 13 games, um, I'd say I'll take it. I'll take it because we're heading in the right direction as we get to the halfway point in terms of camaraderie, chemistry, maturity, the way we're executing, game plan, discipline. Um, like you said before, we're playing better on the road, having won like six in a row. I'd say the last three weeks, uh, we played really, really good basketball. Even in our losses, we've played good basketball. We just didn't win or had some some miscues or, or things that we could have done better, but we've learned from them. And outside of our two blowout losses, I mean, we're looking at a you know the number one defense in the NBA over the last two and a half weeks. We're looking at a, the number nine um, offense in the NBA over the last two and a half, three weeks. And I think on the season, we're top 10 or close to top 10, both definitely top 10 defensively and probably on the cusp of top 10 offensively. And that's the makings of a playoff team that gets close to 50 wins and, and, and host a home playoff game, which is what you hope for. But I think the understanding of spacing, the understanding of pace, our rotations, um, not just from the coaching staff, but also from our rotations on the floor defensively trusting each other being able to adjust your game plan on the fly right whether that's switching whether that's going small whether that's sitting in a drop for the big fella whether that's when we want to randomly double team somebody because they're getting off and it's like yo we got to slow this guy down like they're scoring too much we're getting to that point where we're making decisions as basketball players and not just relying on um, our coaching staff to give us the game plan it's like they give you the game plan but you got to go play and you got to go figure out how to adjust down the stretch of the game like you might see this and I told B, I, and Z, like, we might see something and be like, we got to be willing to adjust and you live with that. Um, as long as we're communicating, playing as hard as we can and approaching this game like professionals, I can live with the results or whatever comes with that. And I think we're getting to that point. Is now that the center, we're... the three of you guys? I mean, I'm not, I'm not asking you to say that the whole team is not involved here, but I think a lot of focus is on the three of you guys. Um, and so when you talk about just like you – guys working on the proper intuition, maturity, decision-making, you feel like, you know, the big storylines that you guys heading into this year didn't play a lot of games together. So now how would you describe just where you are chemistry-wise with Zion and BI and how that communication has evolved? I think it's definitely gotten a lot better. We were speaking to each other a lot more frequently. Collectively, obviously, we both we all talk in tangents and by ourselves. But collectively going through stuff, this is what you see. What do you see? Uh, play calls. And I think the other part of it is understanding that like every night's not your night, right? Like some nights, it's B.I.'s night. Some nights, it's Z's night. And you got to be willing to to do what it takes to win, which means less touches. It may mean less shots. It may mean they're trapping you all night and you got to make the right play. It may mean... You know, we got to play through JV, like whatever, the, whatever it takes to win, I think is what, what we're willing to do. And I think it's it's our whole and that, team. Those conversations have taken place. Like, for instance, like the Celtics, they had that whole player meeting with their starting six 
right. just to kind of set the stage, the fact that people are going to have to sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Is that, did you guys do a similar thing between the three of you? Yeah. And I think it's, it's just a maturity level and understanding of we all want to win any means necessary. What we want out of this sport comes through winning. Like you want more money, you want accolades, you want awards, whatever the things that you want to have, you'll get if you win for sure. And that's the way that the game kind of rewards you. And that's the way life rewards you. And I think we're at that stage now where we have a lot of guys buying in, like across the board. We got guys that come off the bench that can start on certain teams, right? Mm-hmm. We got guys who may not be playing that average double figures. You know, Jordan Hawkins might not play some nights and he averages over 10 points per game. He can shoot the, shoot the ball like with the best of them. JV's uh, a walking 15 and 10 and we don't even yeah. run plays for him. And he's getting 15 and 10 every night. Like he could be getting 20 and 10. And he might not even finish games because Larry can guard one through five and right. is and also Larry's very And Larry's body's versatile. like finally healthy and he's been playing mm-hmm. great. I mean, he fe- like he's like it's an really offshoot helpful. of leaders. Like, you know, the three of you guys are a three-headed monster, but it feels like Larry's got a real big presence in that locker room. Yeah, Larry's a, a pro, man. He does everything the right way. He leads. He's selfless. He'll go guard whoever. And... You need that, and you need mature players in a locker room to be selfless enough to understand that, like, we got to do whatever it takes to win. And we're getting to that point, and the results are showing. Like, we're playing well. We're playing good basketball. Um, This road trip will be tough. You'll have some tough nights. But I think it's about how you respond to victories as well as defeats. And I think we're heading in the right direction to where I like what I'm seeing. And I'm looking forward to us continuing to stack days have good practices, translate that to wins on the floor, and then seeing what happens in the next few months. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Yeah, and you mentioned, you know, um, accolades, um, you know, will come with success. Um, mm-hmm. We got all-star voting starting on December 19th, um, wrapping up on January 20th. Um, we saw the first returns, uh, and um, the second returns are going to come out right after we finish this uh, this recording. But, I mean, how do you view the current voting process and, you know, in terms of, like, all-star? All-star, I feel... And I guess this is my question. Is it, it obviously feel a little different than end of year awards because end of year awards have a big impact on um, contracts or like when I, when a lot of people, when they talk about 
legacy. It's always like 10 time all star, you know, I feel like Mm -hmm. it has um, more of a a impact on legacy than sometimes the end of year awards. But that that's just my maybe um, take that is not that informed because I don't play. I, I think it's hard to say. All-Star is important, right? It's it's yeah. definitely important. It's for the fans. It it's obviously impacts you financially. It it displays a level of talent that everybody aspires to have, right? Like you want to be known as an all-star caliber player. All NBA is different because it's not a fan vote, right? It's not a popularity yeah. contest. It's sports writers, journalists coming together and trying to figure out who they believe are the best, most impactful players for an entire season, as opposed to 30 to 50 games. So it's full body of work as opposed to what do you call it? Half to two thirds of a season. So I think that's a part of the difference um, that I've, that I'm seeing from, from the way I view it. I think in terms of, all-star voting and the process it's hard it's hard to say whether or not it's all being done the right way but then i don't have a solution for it right because you look at the nba right now shea gilgis alexander could potentially not be starting right in the all-star game but but is could be you know first or second on people's mvp votes (laughs) which one do you want which one would you want more right now an all-star or an all-NBA? Uh, it's a tough one. All-NBA. All-NBA. Yeah. I'd it's take all-NBA. Third, third team versus third team. All- Give me all honorable mention. <laughs> you can put me in the honorable mention. Oh, when I was in college, it'd be like receiving votes. <laughs> right. You would put me in. Yes. So you're telling me you would rather be in receiving votes receiving than votes. all-star. Okay, I feel that. No, no, I'm, joke, I'm joking about oh. the receiving votes part. But no, 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 I'm joking. No, no, no. I think all-NBA because that's, yeah. that's the whole season. All-star is yes. great and it's important, but it's not the entire season. It's a snapshot of the season. It's like you're playing really well for this part of the season. All-NBA yeah. is like, yo, you play really well for an entire season. This is your entire body of work. So I think that's the difference. But like to go back to my original And also point. the difference is some of, if you're a veteran in the league, like say a Jimmy Butler, and he's like, I I just want to be on vacation for, for that week. Yeah, but see, I got to go anyway. I'm speaking on the tech summit. I got some stuff. Oh, right. Anyway, see, so I'm going to be there this anyway. There's too many responsibilities, CJ. You have too but many yeah, responsibilities. The year of doing less. This is the year of doing less, right? I say that every year and I never, I never do yeah. less. But back to my original point. There are some flaws because, like I said before, OKC is top three in the West. Shea is probably going to be first, second, or third in MVP, um, depending yes. on how you vote it. Probably Joel wins again. Oh. Um, see what I did there? You're saying that uh, right now? You snuck it's, that in. It's, it's, it's Yeah, it, I think just based on right now. But you got to play okay. 65 games. Joker's still got it. Jamal's back now. Like, Joker's missed, like, five shots in five games. Like, this is... It's going to get interesting, and that's why you need full body of work, not 25, 35, 45 games. You need full body of work. But this goes back to my original point. 
Shea can't finish first or second in the West, first or second MVP, and not start an awesome game. That is nuts. But then you got Luca and you got Steph. Correct. Correct. I'm not gonna get more votes than Luca and Steph. No. Yeah. So do you yeah, start three that, guards? I mean, it does. So can three guards start? Then you're taking out Brian or KD. You're taking out a forward and you add the guard. Like this is this is why I say this is a little problem, a small problem. Is it? Does it? I mean. Is it Would you be mad if you're Shea and you don't start? You don't get to start in the All Star game, but you're like for sure in the MVP race. Yes, maybe one of those guys will sit out. They'll no. they'll take their vote in and say, you know, I don't want to go to Indianapolis. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to. Yeah, I don't know. Um, uh, how you feeling about your Browns? I'm excited. <clears throat> um, I think I've seen some memes about you know Cleveland Browns fans watching football stress-free for the first time all season and I couldn't agree more with the fact that I can't believe we're going to the playoffs I can't believe it because Joe so Flacco Broadway Joe this is the second coming of Broadway Joe Joe is going to take us to the playoffs it's it's sick though because it could be a match made in heaven we're favored to beat uh the Texans uh, shout out to CJ Stroud it's so we, fantastic we're from we're we're one. We're whole. Okay. We're going to beat the Texans. Speaking into existence now, shot to CJ Stroud, though. Great year for you. And then we play the Ravens. And this is where it gets interesting because no, Ravens fans know how good Joe Flacco can be. And they know what happened. He, he you know, Lamar came in and it was like, it's my time and Lamar's right. going to win another MVP. But you're not, we'll you're probably, not, you're not, you're not. We'll probably lose success to, on Joe Flacco. We'll probably right? lose to Baltimore, but yeah, it'll be a good the, game. It'll be the entertaining. Ravens are arguably the best team in the NFL. Yeah, but we, we, we must have forgot that we did beat them this year in Baltimore. Okay. One of their four losses, but um, it's just gonna be cool to watch football, and it'd be my Browns playing. I, I you know what? I'm happy for you. I'm happy that the Browns. Like that, there's some that we're not just clowning on the great story. It was a great story. We had a lot of injuries, a lot of setbacks from Chubb. It's a great story. Three quarterbacks went down. We lost some linemen. We've lost a lot of pieces um, throughout this year. And for us to still make the playoffs, gosh, this us and we is just is incredible. That's shout (laughs) to Stefanski, shout to the organization. Okay. All right, I it, it was just kind of like a I we don't need to do the whole thing. We're not. I mean, I'm excited. We're not, I'm excited I'm that excited we're probably going to get a we're probably going to get a playoff win. What are you guys doing? We're get, you're going to get a what? A playoff win. Oh, okay. Uh, we're get, we have the number one pick in the in the NFL draft. So you guys we, are getting rid of my boy. I don't. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. I really don't. I and honestly, my care factor is only for my my dad's well being. Gotcha. I just want my my dad to be happy with the Bears. I, I yeah. You guys are. A few I watch. Years uh, I watch two p.m. ABC uh, basketball games on Sundays. No, I'm just kidding. You guys are uh, a few years away from a few years away. Yeah, <clears throat> but we still have the number one pick. We God, see, it's a contagious. Let's end this pod now. Um, CJ, I'll see you on Wednesday. Don't act like you don't know me. When we're out on the court, okay? I'm going to say what's up for sure. 
Wait, do we do we need to slide in? Like, don't you see all these other banners of all these other shows and all these other games? You know, don't you see all these other banners, all these other shows? Like, I want to see the CJ McCollum show blasted all over that game. Oh, ABC, you got to talk to the the higher ups. Talk to somebody. Yeah, talk to the higher ups. No one's listening to me, (laughs) other than you listeners. So. Thank you. So thank you, loyal listeners, for always tuning into the CJ McCollum Show. And we hope you enjoyed the show. Yes. And tune in Wednesday night, ABC, 830 Eastern. The Pelicans, red hot Pelicans, take on the struggling Warriors at home. (laughs) Okay. Bye, CJ. Enjoy San Francisco. And Jacoby's birthday. Happy birthday. Shout out to my son. Happy birthday, buddy.